Mr. Michael Reeves on the podcast for the first time. I'm very excited. How are you doing, bro? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? Doing very good. Uh, I'm here in Seville right now. Where are you at? Uh, right now, I'm in lovely Dover, New Hampshire, small little town in the Northeast United States. Um, yeah, no, everything's going good over here. Beautiful sunshine, nice weather. Sounds good. Yeah, it seems like I'm in the south of Spain. Everyone expected to be nice and sunny and warm, and I don't know what the heck's going on with the weather. The last one and a half weeks, it's been constantly raining and uh oh, cold it's it's weird but anyways we're not here to talk about the weather um i want to talk to you yeah. about uh, a little bit about the topic of crypto um the podcast um i think has become over the last year a platform where we want to talk about different things um of inspiring different ways about inspiring people to yeah find out what it is they want to do in life and finding ways to get to that point in which they can tell themselves that they're like they know that they're now independent that they're a little maybe a little more free and i think a, a big part of uh, yeah freedom can be financial freedom or financial independence and Absolutely. for me uh crypto can be at least one way to get there in terms of uh, passive income in terms of trading in terms of um yeah making a new form of money so how did you get introduced to that topic? What, what were your first steps and when, especially? So I was first introduced to the cryptocurrency my June, second junior year of high school um, mm -hmm. by my good friend, Reed. He uh, suggested to me to... Uh, invest in a Bitcoin, which at the time was only at $100. Um, unfortunately, I uh, did not take him up on his offer. I brought it up to my dad and he was uh, not very thrilled about the idea. He thought it was a big scam at the time and that it wasn't <laughs> going to go anywhere, obviously. And uh, that's probably one of the biggest regrets of my life is not uh, taking that up. But um, that's what I was yeah, not, neither of us ended up doing it. <laughs> okay. Um, Reed, Reed actually got in early on XRP when it was, it was down, but he lost his uh, account password. Um, so he, I think he said oh, he's got no. something like 50 or $60,000 just sitting in this account somewhere. And he just has absolutely no idea how to get into it. But Dang. yeah, I had some knowledge about this stuff. Um, probably pretty early on, like right when the market was, you know, at its probably lowest point. Um, and then as of recently, obviously crypto has been a big boom and through, uh, you know, COVID and quarantine and all that kind of stuff. It, I think it definitely gave people more of an opportunity to just kind of sit back and research and um, just learn about different opportunities where they can make money, especially in, you know, difficult times. Um, and, uh, that's where I really just had all that downtime to just kind of go in research, uh, YouTube videos are a great source of just, um, learning from other people and seeing their knowledge on the topic. And, um, yeah, I mean, 
you just kind of just go out and you just do do a little research and uh, it's pretty incredible what you can get out of the research that you learn. Yeah, yeah. I want to um, I want to talk about Ripple in a second because I think that Ripple especially is a very interesting topic. And then also, I mean, you think you already addressed it correctly. You kind of get attached to something and then you kind of get into it and inform yourself about it. And I think that is the, the biggest thing we should understand is especially about NFTs even more, but also about other token projects. It's all about the community. And I think that is the main idea also about behind NFTs to create a new form of communities, um, just like we had it as kids, also our parents as kids in some form, like trading some sort of cards, even if it was just like cards about motor cars or you know soccer players in, in europe or in germany football baseball yeah, yeah. basketball and in the states also here as well and and that that form of trading or building a community and talking about in you know similar interests and kind of the objects that that make it more real uh it was just a matter of time to that become to be digital you know so um mm -hmm. How, what what were your first so you said bitcoin you kind of missed out on that and then what yeah. were your first coins or projects you actually invested to after of course and i think that is again we talked about this a couple of times in this podcast to never there's no financial advice it's just two guys talking about their personal experiences but i think we can both safely say is never invest in anything you don't know about or you have yeah. not, you know, confronted yourself with for a long time and in detail? I think the best advice that I give, at least a lot of my friends when they get into it is, um, obviously everyone has different income levels and, um, you know, different money that they're, you know, have available to put into this kind of stuff. And I think the most important thing um, that you can do or two most important things you can do is number one is, don't invest more money than you're willing to lose in these kind of markets yeah. and different kinds oh, of yeah. opportunities. Uh, because I've seen plenty of friends make hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars to friends losing thousands of dollars that they couldn't really afford to lose. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, that's just very important for, people to remember. And that's second thing is I would also recommend to people is once you get into a project, if you really believe in it, uh, just hold, don't sell off your profits just because everybody else is selling off. That's kind of just a big red flag that, um, you know, the whales in the market are just selling off just to try and make more money and buy, um, at a lower price point. Yeah. But going back to your question about the first one that I got into, um, it was probably, I first got into Dogecoin, believe it or not, um, right? As funny as it is, I got in right around, uh, what was it? Is it at about eight cents at the time, which funny enough, I mean, it's dropped right back down to that point. So I'm pretty much right at where I invested my money. Um, but when I first got in, people started putting me onto the radar a little bit right around when it was at one cent and I wasn't able to buy in because I didn't have a platform available to me to 
um, actually get into Dogecoin at the time, but that was like the one crypto I was like, okay, like I'll hop into this, whatever. Um, so at the time I wasn't aware that you could buy fractions of a coin. I was yeah uh, in the understanding that you have to go and full out and buy one of these coins, which is not the case at all. Um, you can obviously buy into a s small fraction of a coin, which can in turn also make you a ton of money. Um, but at the time I was into Dogecoin, I bought, it was probably like about a hundred dollars worth. Um, and then through that big rise, when it got up to like 70 cents or something, I had, um, made about eight or $900. So it was only anything crazy, but that's kind of what really led me to wanting to expand my crypto knowledge and kind of look into other projects to invest in. Yeah. Um, but that's where I first started out. Cool. So I think it is very important that we see this and it's interrupt me anytime, but how I see it is that of course it's the web 3.0 with crypto with through the blockchain, it becomes the web 3.0 and the blockchain has many, you know, opportunities. We're not just talking about finances, the blockchain can be used in, in, in any industry, really, even in like infrastructure of cities, traffic systems, any form of yeah. collecting data. And, you know, cause at the end of the day, the blockchain is just a tool to um, safely store data. You know, I don't want to go further into that. Um, but what I find really interesting is that, yes, it's a totally new thing. It's a totally new ecosystem and environment of making money, dealing with money, dealing with new currencies. But if you look at it from a, you know, more detailed point of view, it's actually like trading or dealing with stocks in terms of, as you said, you don't have to buy whole stocks or in this case, whole tokens or whole coins, but you can buy fractions of it just as you can with, with, uh, with stocks. Um, but now um, that's why I kind of made this loop. It's then interesting mm -hmm. to see if those tokens now like stocks are actually part of a company or connected to a company with real assets or if it's just yeah. a coin that came out of nowhere and is kind of unpredictable because of course tokens that are connected to to companies can always go down and can create as much of a hype as uh coins without real assets behind it can that just live from <laughs> tweets of this one certain person or the other certain person yeah. what's up elon um but <laughs> what's your what's your view on that like tokens with real assets and how hype is being created about um, those tokens and how you should deal with it. Cause you already kind of mentioned it to, you know, stay seated, stay seated in the roller coaster and just to be calm and see where it takes you. Um, I'm not too, too familiar with um, like when you say real assets, do you mean using the crypto to purchase real assets like companies that accept crypto as payment or do you mean well that on the first on well that on the first hand because if if countries or companies even accept a certain coin as payment that kind of makes mm -hmm. it more real because then we have this connection between the virtual world 
uh, where everything is just like a number, like in a video game in the real world, uh, where you can actually pay with it. Um, but I'm right. rather talking about companies that use tokens to give out into the market as if they were giving out stocks so you can actually buy a part of a company. You know, I got into this project called EcoWatt, which um, yeah. is a company that produces carbon um, credits. And they do that with um, getting into projects for renewable energy, like wind parks, mm -hmm. like solar parks, like, you know, water parks, something like that. Or they build trees. And through that, they create carbon credits. And those you can actually trade with in the actual world. And to expand mm -hmm. their company further after the first first uh, stage in the seed stage investing round, they're giving out tokens instead of stocks. So people can buy into the company to make it grow bigger to, in order for them to have bigger, uh, to have uh, bigger projects. And there's a, there's a few companies that actually use tokens and because they're a real company producing real assets in the real world, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm not too, too familiar with, um, projects like that um the best i can go off of is i'm not sure if they're kind of like fan tokens but i know for example for like european soccer clubs a lot yep. of them have been coming out with their own tokens and um stuff like that i haven't really researched um, a lot into kind of things like that but um you know i think when it comes to real asset types like that that's kind of more of going into a project that you kind of believe in, which is always what you should do. You should never yeah, invest exactly. in a project that you don't have personal tie, like beliefs with or that you don't think is um, going to work out well in, in your like ethical um, mindset, like what you were saying with the company, with um, the trees and um, the carbon tokens and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But, you know, coming back to just the European... Um, soccer teams as an example like obviously someone who believes in in that team is going to want to invest into the token because they're a fan of the team um so they see value in putting their money in there um just like for you you wanted to invest into that company's token because you felt like that they have a good project and yeah um that not only will that help you um, you know, make money, but it's also benefiting other causes as well. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, as far as that topic, that's pre pretty much as far as I can go there, but. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, good enough. I mean, I think, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say that's definitely something I'll look more into. And um, next time we have a conversation on the podcast, I can bring up some more uh you know, topics yeah. regarding that. I mean, I think it all, it all goes back into the, into the same focus you put on it. It's the same as if we talk about different objectives people have when they invest. Some people invest to make more money. Some people invest to, you know, um, safely park their money and then see where it takes you in the future. Some people really invest to support certain projects. Um, and some people just like to support things they love, like like a football club. Um, a friend of mine just showed me um, this beta version of this 
kind of a game where they use NFTs. So it's like a manager game for, for soccer teams in the German Bundesliga. And yeah. so you have those, you know, weekend leagues and then you set up your team and then they actually, you let them virtually play against each other. And then everything within the game, like the jerseys, um, accessories of the actual players and everything, those are all NFTs. So as, we, as I said, we will go in further into, into NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Um, maybe if we talk to Reed, because he's a little more about, uh, an expert about that. But at the end yeah. of the day, I think it always goes back to community, knowing what it's about and kind of supporting the cause or the community or the project of it. And then, of course, at the Absolutely. end of the day, you know, we ain't going to lie. It, there's a certain personal interest in, um, you know, trying to make more money about it or just learn about it and, and see where that takes you. Um, So I want to use that bridge and -hmm. combine that with what we talked about a couple of minutes ago with actual payment, because now we come back to RippleCoin. Maybe you want to explain a little bit what what their project or their attempt was with that token. So my understanding of Ripple, some people might know it as XRP token, um, is that essentially it's, going to be utilized as kind of like a worldwide adopted currency um, where obviously crypto as a whole is supposed to be you know looked at as trying to be created as a you know global currency that will kind of unify um, that global currency but from my understanding with uh, xrps that they're really trying to push that almost i want to say don't quote me here, but almost like further than Bitcoin, um, where they're really looking at XRP as that big breakthrough to uh, kind of adopt that global currency, um, just because of the, from my understanding, um, the way that they set up the token and the infrastructure of the community. Yeah. And um, obviously, like I'm no expert with XRP. Um, this is just kind of my very basic knowledge. But um, from what I've been able to understand is that XRP is definitely one of those, it's a top 10 token as it is right now. Um, but I could see it going well into the top five. I think it's at seven or eight right now. Um about that, yeah, but, about that. Yeah. Um, I think, it, again, it comes back to what the what the goal and what the objective of the coin itself is, you know? I mean, yeah. Bitcoin and Ethereum, thankfully, they're there because Bitcoin was kind of the first ones that was, you know, trying to build this, I would, I always say digital gold. I know it's taken yeah. a little far, but if we talk about, you know, currencies that we have versus act, the actual only real form of money which is gold then they have those characteristics you know they're transferable they're shareable they're transportable and everything and the only thing that gold has gold has in addition to that is it has a store of value you know but it's really hard to transport gold as we know and store it up so kind of the founders of bitcoin or the founders of the first cryptocurrencies came up with that idea why don't we create a new store of value, but it's digital and it's according to the times we live in and with the abilities of the internet we have. Um, right. Interrupt me anytime, but I think that is kind of the approach because 
in only producing a limited amount of tokens, you again create this store of value, just as you have with gold, because mm -hmm. there's only a certain amount of gold in the world. Right. And right. um with the current currencies we have in our world, like dollar yen, you know, um, the ruble in Russia or the euro in Europe or whatever it is we have, we all know that especially in Corona times, but also before, there's no really limit on <laughs> how much money they can print. So as you know, inflation is a topic. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the, lo the, the loss of value of money is a topic. And with crypto, you then again have a new store of value that that you can use, right? Right. So I was actually just going to cut in there and just bring that up is um, obviously through the period of COVID over the past couple of years, that's resulted in more and more governments, you know, trying to create relief packages and, um, you know, some kind of way to relieve the people of their economic stressors from, you know, not being able to work from, uh, you know, businesses shutting down and doing all that kind of stuff. But um, obviously, that's a very terrible thing. But obviously, that's going to give people like us and our generation a lot of stress later on trying to pay all that stuff back. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing about it is, like you were saying, with inflation is that because they've been printing all this money and trying to, you know, make up for that um, big discrepancy there um, to try and aid the people economically. Um, that's putting a lot of pressure on just speaking from a standpoint of the U.S. Like at this point, most economists already know and believe that uh, the economic infrastructure right now with the United States, like the actual U.S. dollar is going to crash. Like it has to. Either yeah, that or the only other way you can really do is to declare every freaking state in the world uh, not bankrupt. <laughs> because right, exactly. it's like with soccer clubs in, 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 uh, in Europe, you know, because they're mostly not privatized like the, the football clubs in, uh, the, uh, sorry, the, the American football teams in the States, they're all kind of bankrupt. It just depends right. on who's bankrupt a little more than the other. And um, I think this is very interesting. I think that goes into another direction, but I think it's, it's important to talk about it because crypto can then be a way out of that, you know? Right, um, exactly. And that's kind of where I was decentralized. That in, yeah, exactly. It was, yeah, it was yeah. like where you can see, um, like that's the whole like belief why economists and, you know, even some people in like the United States Congress have been pushing that, um, crypto is potentially can be that next form of currency that the world can take on that can yep. replace the currency, you know, system that we have right now. Yeah. Um, and that can kind of why investing into crypto now, which again, we're not experts into crypto. We're not saying invest your money into crypto, but, um, in my shoes, I personally am investing into crypto because I believe that that's going to be that next currency for the global infrastructure. And that's where what's going to put me ahead in the future than, you know, yeah. other people. Yeah. I mean, um, you just got to imagine that you're in the position of people in 1998, 1997, understanding how the internet works, you know, right. and I wouldn't say that we both 
uh, or or anyone that is kind of just getting into crypto step by step. You know, the exports mm-hmm. are a whole on a whole nother level. The creators, the people that deal with it every day, nonstop, constantly, nothing else. That's not us, but people that just confront themselves with the topic, trying to educate themselves. That's what we're trying to do here as well. Just to talk about um, personal experiences is you're very far ahead if you already do that because the people that understood the internet in 1998, 99, where everybody was talking about it being useless, I think they're, they were a huge step ahead of everybody and they kind of profited at the end of the day because they also knew, and I think this is very also important to say, that not everything here is golden and perfect. There is a lot of companies and projects for crypto, for tokens, for NFTs especially, that are going to crash, just as so many dot-com companies did in 99 and 2000. But there again, it's just like kind of feeling into it, see what works, what you can identify yourself with. And that comes back to what you said earlier, the infrastructure of the community. And mm-hmm. now I want to ask you something that goes along with that, because yeah. I was, I was, uh, I'm following this guy, Thaddeus Karoma. I mentioned him to you. I, I think I'm going to be mentioning him a lot in this podcast because he's influenced me in a very positive way the last year. And they introduced the topic of crypto a little differently. And then it shifted my thoughts about it because I think the most people that are into crypto, and that's why it's so volatile and has so much hype and low phases and high phases into it, that a lot of people deal with crypto just as trading something. So they put their money of their currency, US dollar, you know, yen, euro, whatever. They put it into it. They trade, hoping to make the most profit. And then they take it out of it and put it into their old currencies to invest into real estate, invest into stocks, or buy something of it with their currencies. My opinion now is that that is the wrong way to do, at least not all of it. Because as you said, you want to be ahead. You want to invest into crypto, but then you're an investor and not you're a trader. You know, so you want to actually, as I understand it correctly, transfer your money from your current currency to a new form of currency that we will use in the future to, you know, go out of the way of being a victim of your current currency dying out, you know? Right. So um, my philosophy there um, that I would say I I would recommend is um, when you're when you're looking at it, right? Um, I wouldn't say don't necessarily have your currency and take the, uh, take your crypto and put it back into your own currency. Like you can do that. Like if you need money now, right. Yeah, Cause obviously crypto is for the future. Um, but the more that you put into crypto and you hold the law, the more, of the process will go along and you'll be seeing more and more of these companies start to accept crypto as payment. So then you're no longer gonna need to have your own currency to be able to say, oh, like like we see it with Tesla and Elon Musk, right? They're accepting Bitcoin already where all of a sudden one day they're just gonna be like, okay, now we accept all crypto, right? And then you're gonna be, you can walk into the Tesla store and say, all right, I want a Tesla with, with crypto or it could be anything else. You could walk into the grocery store and all of a sudden you can pay with crypto for your food, right? Um, you know, believe it or not, like I'm not gonna be surprised when you know, some companies start to really hop onto that bandwagon in a way. Yeah. Um, 
and just kind of really open the floodgate for, okay, so now we're starting to globally adopt this and now we're going to be able to, you know, give the people kind of what they want. Yeah. Um, and go into like a marketing standpoint here for a little bit is like you look at consumer behavior, right? And the only way that companies are going to be able to stay afloat is through studying the consumer and being able to say, okay, so what is satisfactory to our consumer? What is going to make them happy? Yeah. Um, so once you start seeing all these companies start jumping onto the crypto ship, all of, all of a sudden, all these other companies are going to be like, oh my God, we have to satisfy our customers. Now we have to do that as well. First of all, that satisfying your customer, seeing what's up and then trying to be part of it, not to be left behind, but also just seeing it from a general standpoint, it, there are new ecosystems then building up. And you want to try to diversify yourself as much uh, in those new ecosystems or markets if they've proved if they've proven to be valuable to you as much as you do that in the markets that already exist right now. And um, I think this is a very very important topic. I want to cover two more things, um, and I think yeah. that we have we have plenty for for a first episode about that topic. I want Absolutely. to really quickly talk about the point of staking. Because if we talk about um, crypto, we talk about crypto in combination with the blockchain because all the cryptocurrencies run on their own blockchains. We right. talk about with crypto, you can become your own bank. So what that means in certain ways is that, first of all, you can transfer money thanks to the blockchain very quickly and very safely in most of the ways. You just have to be careful to use the right blockchain right. Um, very quickly and very safely. And without any boundaries and for and most importantly without any bank interrupting that transfer you know and so or transaction better said and the second thing is which i think is very interesting comes into what you said about holding the money so there's now also rewards for that because if you hold your crypto for a certain amount of money or you put them in so-called lockup periods that is called mm -hmm. staking and what happens if you stake you earn, um, just uh, you earn money for giving the money you're not using right now in terms of tokens into the market, so the market can work with it, and you will gain revenue through that. Just if a bank would give you a credit and collect revenue for giving you the money they're not currently using, so you can use it. And I think that is very interesting because with those revenues that are co currently constantly coming in. You can then create a form of passive income. And that is, I think, something very attractive. And now, now I want to hear your opinion on that, um, because I think that is something or that's a big argument that will get people to not trade it and get it back to their own currency, but to hold it and just collect the revenues they get out of it to then work with that money, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when it comes to staking, I personally have not staked any of my crypto. Mm -hmm. um, just because um, you look at a lot of those crypto projects that offer staking and a lot of them, um, at least the ones that I've been aware of have mostly been, you know, a lot of the meme tokens like uh, Shiba Inu and um, Saitama Inu. Those are two projects that I personally am invested into. Um, and at first, you know, both of their rollings out of their own ways to stake their tokens was not necessarily 
received very well and it wasn't necessarily the greatest thing on planet earth but uh you you look at projects like like that that you get onto um you know a wallet like a trust wallet or a metamask or um i want to say even like a coinbase wallet you know um already when you get tokens off the market like uh, a shiba a saitama um, any other kind of like meme token like that. And I'm sure anyone else who goes out and does research, um, any token that offers up like a, it's almost like a buyback in a kind of way. So you purchase the token, right? Um, and this is without even staking it into their actual wallet or portfolio where you can make a, a higher percentage off of it, but just at the basic level, right? you purchase the token, all right? You start there. There are tokens like Saitama that whenever somebody decides to sell off their tokens, you get all the holders in the project get 2% of that transaction. So all of a sudden your crypto tokens are starting to accumulate, right? And that's without staking. So like you can look at staking projects where with Shiba, for example, where you could automatically be getting back as high as like four to 5% just for staking, you know? Um, and obviously that's just about double what you'd be making off of say a Saitama at the basic level, yeah. you know? Yeah. So just, I mean, staking for me isn't something that I personally do just because it's something that's a little bit new um, that communities and projects are just kind of starting to roll out, at least from my understanding. And that's kind of a risk that I haven't wanted to take because, um, you know, there's always that risk of, oh, like, what if this stuff is so new, all of a sudden it crashes and then all of your tokens are gone, you know? Yeah. Um, you. I personally just play it really safe and I'm already making that in a way staking of my tokens just by letting it sit there and hold. Um, but if people want to go and take that risk, um, then they can go and stake their tokens. And just another note real quick on that, like I know for Shiba, when you go and you stake your tokens, they also give back another type of token that has more value and um, pretty sure like a less um what's the word for it like a lower um essentially just a lower amount of them like yeah much i mean at, at the end of the day at the, at the end of the day to give instead of giving you revenue in your current currency like dollars or euros they will just give you another token so it's, it's another form of value which I think is, a, is right. an interesting idea because it gets you used to not thinking in your old currencies anymore, but into new tokens that might arise. Of course, I think we're going to have a certain amount of standard just as the Bitcoin is being treated as an index rather than an actual token. So rather like a measuring scale um, instead of, you know, an actual token that's being traded. Because, I mean, of course, as with everything, as with stocks, as with any market, you need something you can orientate yourself on. And um, I think staking is going to be a very interesting topic. And I think more, more things 
are going to come step by step as this infrastructure and this ecosystem or these ecosystems arise or build themselves up. Always thinking in the terms of if we talk about being our own banks or building up our own financial systems, kind of what would still be missing in completing that in comparison to you know, a financial system or a banking system that we now know. I find it really interesting because uh, the money comes back kind of to the people. It's more in control for the people because if we go initially far, far back before the first, you know, golden coin uh, on the right. on the markets with the with the knights in the you know in the mid ages actually came yeah. up, it was just the people trading their goods, you know, corn mm-hmm. for a sword or steel or whatever. And then somebody came up with the idea instead of because it was so unclear what was what and how much was that, you know, to kind of introduce this for, first form of currency. And then there were smarter people that were taking advantage of a lot of people not knowing what currency oh, yeah. actually is. So there was a lot of people getting gypped off back in the day. Exactly. And and still nowadays, unfortunately, maybe even in a in a yeah. higher um in a higher level. Um yeah. but yeah, let's not go into that. Um, the last yeah. thing, the second thing I earlier mentioned, two things. Mm-hmm. First thing was staking, yeah. which I think is going to be very interesting in the future. Um, Absolutely. The second thing I, I wanted to ask you before we close this first interesting round about crypto with you and me is mm-hmm. how do you use it daily? Like very quickly, what mm-hmm. platforms or what currency stock exchanges do you use and what wallets do you use to store your, your crypto coins if you do? So over time, I've kind of made just a very broad um, couple of things that I use. Um, So I started out with just simply Mm -hmm. crypto.com. I'm not sure for over in Europe if crypto.com is something you are able to access. I'm sure we are, but a lot of people are not using it because uh, the gas fees are so high. Oh, you have gas fees on there. Yeah. Okay. So I know like for in the U S for crypto.com, we just have to pay like a 1% debit or a credit card fee. Okay. So it's only like, you know, a couple bucks. So I, that's where um, a majority of my uh, portfolio is. I have, I've invested in about 15 to 16 tokens on there. Um, I've gone into trust wallet and MetaMask, both each MetaMask I use mainly for um, Ethereum. And uh, obviously it's connected a lot with the NFT space, which we can get into, like you said, on a whole different day. That's a whole other topic. (laughs) Um, um, And then trust wallet, I have a good amount of tokens on there. I've got about another five or six different tokens on there. Let's see. I do use Uphold. Um, it's a, that's another um, smaller smaller wallet, kind of like a uh, like a Crypto.com or a Coinbase, where it's not necessarily like a trust wallet, where you have to um, you know use a Uniswap or uh, like a decentralized yep. um, form of of way to get tokens, but you can just kind of go on there. It also has a good range of being able to purchase tokens without um, having like restrictions. Like, so for example, with Ripple in the United States right now, you're not allowed to purchase it on 
um, you know, a lot of different platforms just because they're in the middle of a lawsuit, which is what has drove back a lot of people from buying it. Um, so if you want to purchase it, you have to find there are some, you know, places out there that allow you to purchase uh, a Ripple. Yeah. Yeah, you can um, purchase them in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. the United States is, has that on lockdown right now because they're a little concerned about it. But um, understandable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I've got a little bit on Binance as well. But yeah, no, like I have a very you know diversified uh, area of where I keep my crypto. I don't really like keeping it all in one area just because you know you have that risk of you know getting hacked or um, yeah. you know cybersecurity and all that kind of stuff and you don't want to have all your stuff in one spot and then lose it all yeah but that sounds good so i, I take yeah. away from what you just said um first of all as with everything we don't want to be emotional about it we don't want to be naive about it of course there's a lot of opportunities a lot of positive things as we said getting back to the people's hands um away uh, from the control of bigger institutions um yeah, question everything as with everything in life, please. Uh, this is a personal shout out <laughs> to all the people out there. And I mean this very, very positively and with a lot of love to not take anything for granted and not to take anything for the way it tells you just because one source told that, always question everything. Um, and so yeah, just, just, yeah, I was just going to say, always do your own research and just exactly. kind of, Yep. You know, just go and do, uh, you know, what you believe in, you know, yep. it doesn't really matter what anybody else says. Like if you feel strongly about something and you want to invest your money into it um, and you're doing it responsibly and you think it's a big breakthrough for you, then go ahead and do it. But um, just always don't be surprised if you, you know, you end up losing, yeah, you know, a decent amount of money because you didn't do your research and you didn't, you know, yeah. um, look into things like you should have. Yeah. Just kind of be aware of that. Yeah. I think that's, in, that's important to say that, of course, you can work in a team, you know, you can support each other. You should build networks because more people have more information. And that's, that's, I think the, the biggest value you can have to really know what it is you deal with and you invest into at the end of the day, always coming back to that you do that for you and not for, for anybody else. Maybe in the long term, you also want to be financially dependent in order to have other people, but that's not what we mean by this now. And yeah, also not to stress yourself out because I think there, at the very beginning of it, you know, there was there will always be people that are a little more nerdy about it. They will know more than you, but that doesn't mean you cannot benefit from it in the long run. Um. And yeah, I think that's it um, for me. You, you've got anything to add, Michael? Um, no, I think that should be it for me today as well. Cool, cool. So yeah, after a, a brief intro um, we had on this podcast um, with Dami, uh, getting an intro to investing, getting an intro into stocks and then crypto, I think this is a little more, I wouldn't want to call it advanced, but at least a podcast episode for some people that, um, it's not the first time they deal with crypto. I obviously want to put that in the info box. Um, I want to thank you for your time. I'm excited for the next episode with Reed or whatever further topic we go into with NFTs, um, maybe also metaverse, sandbox, and everything else. Um, yes. Yeah, thank you for your time. 
and I will see you very soon. <laughs> yes, we will talk very soon. Thank you, sir. Bye. You're very welcome. See ya. Oh, <laughs>